Welcome to this uh, special episode of the Dare Real Agile podcast in this month of June. Yes, June indeed is for some mainstream people, mainstream businesses, the month of pride. But I'm asking you the question here, what, have we prou- what are we proud of? Collectively, individually, whatever you are, identifying yourself with whatever it is. And um, I'm doing this pre-intro of the show that I actually, it was a live uh, a live stream on the Friday Live Agile on Rumble and YouTube. And I invite you, if you'd like to see uh, my tutorial uh, video on business agility, conscious leadership, entrepreneurial uh, life, and as well the Scrum, the Scrum system that for us at the Agile Lounge for business agility, it's not just for software development, but we apply Scrum in different type of contexts, of business contexts, and uh, everything. And um, so I do this intro just to let you know that uh, we're going to talk about things that maybe some of you uh, won't like it depending on the spectrum you uh, have your point of view on things about our society and about corporation. So it's about diversity, but is it a real diversity? It's about equity or equality, who don't know, and inclusion. But how much to include some fringe part of us, we have to exclude uh, the majority or even another part fringe of us. So... It's going to be in about uh, 50 minutes where I go about my reflection on this and how do we as consultant and business agility and conscious leadership and agile coach, that is actually the question that I have for all of you guys. Uh, what have we... What have we done to deserve this kind of division as it should be about diversity, right? So that's why um, I'm doing this special intro to put the table and especially on the fact that at some point in the show, I'm opening the call for my subscriber like you, maybe, if you watch the live show on the Friday at 12 noon Eastern. So the quality of sound, even here in the studio, we try to rise it up a little bit for that segment where the callers on Zoom, audio only, were calling and give their comment, having a conversation, because we always are for open conversation. So, so please, bear with me. It's not the quality sound all around. is not equal. And so we try to do it the best as possible, but we are doing it voluntarily. We are not monetizing it on any platform. But once again, you could find a a link in the description about giving us, uh, buying us a coffee if you like. It's always appreciated and your comments are always appreciated also. So have a nice special episode of this month of June uh, that I offer you right now. Stand by. Enter into the atmosphere 69 in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Access granted. Diversity, equity, 
and inclusion? Or is it a cult? Agile culture, or is it a cult? What about your enterprise, your project, your dreams, your company, your organization culture, or is it also a cult? What is your business purpose? Who do you serve? What product you have or service you do to solve any problem? What do you need to create? A nice space of work? The services? Do you seek creativity and innovation? So today, on this Friday, Live Agile of June the 16th, and a full weekend of Grand Prix Formula One Montreal. That's why I'm a little bit late, because it was jamming. It's the downtown, old Montreal, and everything is jamming. So... Welcome, everybody. I see a lot of people right now in the console. Welcome, Rumble. And please do subscribe to my Rumble channel, where this is the place for complete, uncensored, uncut, decentralized, and everything, everything else. And once again, today I will uh, reserve a chat, and maybe I will open some Zoom, Zoom audio. You won't be seen on the camera, but will you'll be heard like if you call me uh, as a radio talk show. Uh, so I might open the Zoom if there's enough people among the uh, 27 watching right now all across the board from Twitter to LinkedIn. Uh, and LinkedIn, I don't know if I see the counter because I don't see your chat on LinkedIn. So if you are on LinkedIn, go and do the first comment you have with the uh, this invitation of live stream and click on YouTube or Rumble <coughs> link. So I'll be able to see your chat. And once again, I would like to concentrate on the message of today, on my coming out and this Pride Month and more uh, about uh, all of these things that I just uh, tell you in the intro. And uh, for those who don't know me yet, because yes, you're 75% watching it more than half of the show every week and you're not subscribed, especially on Rumble and YouTube. So my name is Alexandre Frédéric Jolie, your coach AF. And today I'm going to dare, because I care, to touch a subject of DIE or business agility. Which one should we actually show? And as I said before, to help this channel, to beat the algorithm, subscribe and hit the notification, especially on the YouTube and the Rumble channel. And uh, there's actually right now, for those of you who prefer to do your jogging, your CrossFit, your spinning, whatever workout with me, um, and there's probably the confusion on Instagram. People think I'm a fitness coach, and but I need it. I need it. I need to be more lean and agile in my personal body life. Uh, however, in business and uh, business process, uh, business development. Uh, serving client customer experience. I'm pretty agile for the last one. But anyways, if you'd like to see, uh, if you prefer to grab it, I'll the link in the description of this uh, live show and uh, are available for you to go grab it on any platform of your choice from Spotify to Deezer to Amazon Prime and uh, Apple Podcasts. You'll be able to uh, grab it, put it in your pocket and run with me. And we have a new episode right now available as we speak. Uh, refresh one, the five uh, five keys uh, to build your dream team in Scrum, with Scrum, it's there. And again, if you don't want to send me a coffee or some Satoshi, I'll invite you to at least smash the like button and share this uh, episode with someone 
you might want to awake into innovation, early adoption of agilizing everything with me, AF, agile with fun, agile with force, sometimes brutal force because it's needed to disrupt. But, um, and I'm here today, yes, to address this question. Some of you, some of you might not like what I'm going to say today. Uh, that's okay. You could give me a thumbs down because it's helping the algorithm as well. And um, yes, DIE, not in university, as Professor Gad Sahad and Jordan Peterson talked about often and often and often, uh, but in the um, work organization, enterprise. Uh, what is it? What does it stand for? And it's the Pride Month. And uh, business agility, I thought, <clears throat> for me, the way I learned it uh, with my friend over at Enterprise Scrum for business agility with Mike Beadle, Michael Orman, Suryu, uh, Karen, and stuff. I thought the business agility with conscious leadership of Richard Barrett and Stéphane Leblanc. And yes, I'm dropping name right now. Is those people who co-create those uh, systems, those uh, way of uh, doing things, uh, being in a state of mind. Uh, and all the link will be available in the pine comment of this show after the show uh, for the Rumble and YouTube listener. Um, it is important for me to to bring it to this connection because I thought as a business consultant, senior business consultant, first and foremost, and you could tag me of an agile coach if you want to or a scrum coach, I don't care. I don't care the title is what I can do for you to help you enhance uh, your capability of serving your customer and serving your employees as well if you're a business owner. Um, the thing is, I thought this movement of business agility, uh, putting agile beyond IT and software development, this greatness of openness, this greatness of creating a space. And when I say a space here, it should be open first, and then you create enough psychological safety for people to feel at ease to express themselves and to collaborate into that creativity. Um, so I thought that was enough. And I thought with conscious leadership, training executive and management of any level uh, will be also enough to uh, give them tools and ways and tricks and trips to actually achieve this invitation and this openness and this agreement with their team uh, to engage people um, to work and serve their customer. Um, and finally, uh, something happened out of university. It started there. Uh, people were talking about diversity, diversity, diversity. Just okay. So just a little story, maybe. Uh, let's go back in 1996. I was very young and fresh. Some people say I'm still young and fresh. You could tell me in the comment below what you think about it, but I'm entering, uh, it's my last two years into what I call the, um, the summer of my life, bio, biological life, bio, 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 logical life. Yes. Uh, because I think uh, after 50 years old, you enter in your fall, the fall of your life, the season, but that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in the moment. I'm in the carpe diem. But just for memory, just for, and I'd like to share it with you because it's the Pride Month. And a lot of people talk about the Pride Month and why do we have also one in August and one in June? And should it be like the Women's Day? Should it be like all year long? I think so. I think if we're proud of something, and that's one of the questions when Anna helped me um, promote this uh, podcast this week. What are we proud of? 
especially those who said we are part of that community of um, LGBT, whatever, so on after. Uh, what are we proud of? Destroying family? Uh, pissing off other people's beliefs? Imposing them? Our way of life? Our queerness? You know, when you're queer, like I am, and I'm going to explain how much I'm, I'm a queer, it's because we'd like to diverge. And that goes also with this uh, program of mine of uh, divergent agility, renegade agilist that I am, and the neurodivergent. So it's all connected. Huh? You, There's no like, uh, this show, the Friday Live Agile and the Dare Real Agile podcast, there's a kind of a continuity it's about uh, my state of mind. It's about uh, my approach, my proposition, how I want, I would like to show up in the world and how I would like to engage also with others in conversation to develop something, to, to change uh, my mind. But do we change our mind or we just have it evolve? You know, it's like transformation into an organization. Is it a transformation or is it an evolution of what you adopt as a culture and you try not to make it a cult? And I'll do the difference very soon. So, yes. What is it with, are we proud of? Because for me, queerness, divergence, it's, 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 it's a really limited, it's, it's an elite of, of people. It's, it's, it's a fringe. And I, I used to, since I'm enough conscious of my surrounding and myself, I'm just very happy to be conscious, not to be alienated, but conscious of my state, of knowing who I really am, and um, affirming it when it's the time and when it's the space. So, yeah, and I think it's an exception. And when you're an exception, you're not the rule. And you could bend the rule, but by respecting one another. So a little bit when I close the show, for those who follow me for a couple of time, you know that I love to close the show with that. You could be whoever you wanted to be and do whatever you wanted to do, because that's the essence of freedom and creation. But in respect of one another, because you are not the only one of this beautiful blue dot, that surround and the yellow sun. We have to share the space. We have to share the moment. And, and this is what I would like to call out today in organization change management, especially, and those who still call themselves disgustingly human resources instead of people care and people and culture. Start by changing that department name in your organization and come and lip service me after that with diversity, equity, and inclusion. So being divergent, it's something, it could be seen as a luxury. It could be seen as an exception, as I said. And we are part of a whole that where we have to apply this golden rule, whatever you're religious or not, I couldn't care less. The point is the golden rules. It's very important. Respect one another. Do to other, treat others like you would like to be treated. And I'm not watching news. I'm not watching mainstream media. I'm not watching even alternative media anymore and so on. But of course, I've got conversation with friends and colleagues and I'm in the momentum of what's going on because you have to be around 
people. You have to understand what's going on and what's triggering them and everything. And um, let me tell you in 1996, it's almost 20 years ago. Uh, no, 30 years ago. It's already 25 years. So I was still in college, university. I won't tell you all my sexual life or my gender identity. It's not about this. But in 1996, for some reason, <clears throat> I was invited by with friends in the village here in Montreal. We call it the, the gay village in downtown, center south of Montreal. For those from here, you understand what I'm saying. And um, I've been asked a question by a nice gentleman who was gay, homosexual. He said, uh, what are you? What are you? The verb to be. And that was in English, by the way. So no need to have a context of culture or translation. And I reply spontaneously, you mean who am I? Hmm, interesting. I said, in what sense? At what level? He says, like, but I mean, could we have fun tonight after the bar? And I answer, you're not my type. And one of my girlfriend says, like, what is it is not your type? So I've been kind of forced by a lesbian and an homosexual to tell them both to coming out as a bisexual. Interesting. And for those of you who believe in the multiple uh, gender, the gender ideology, the gender dystoria, LGB, that was the first letter back in early 2000, LGB, for lesbian, gay, and bisexual. The T came after, and then the Q and you know the story. This what I call the cult. That's not representing me, by the way, as a queer. Because when you're queer, you're self-managed, you're self-organized, and you are actually um, expressing yourself like this. So we have a couple of chats. I don't know from where, but uh, let me tell you, hello, riffing. Mr. Ryan, and as I said, I will maybe open a, towards the end of the show the Zoom to have a better interaction. I'll let you know and the chat, actually, the link in the chat. And uh, so I will continue. So my experience in 1996, when I did my kind of coming out, that was not necessarily imposed onto me, but people were questioning me. So you come in the gay village, you have uh, friends from all walk of sexual orientation. So what are you? It was important for them to know what I am in terms of sexual preferences. So here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, let me go back to the gender thing. So, you know, I for a long time, because I'm telling you today, I'm doing another coming out. I'm no more a bisexual. I'm not coming to that. And I'm coming to also connecting this to this uh, human resources, DEI and business agility, and conscious leadership, and probably even an open space. I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about it later with my friend here over at the Open Leadership Network. That is joining me this Friday, June 16. And for those who watch the replay, we are living in an amazing time. I'm positive. 
I'm so motivated and enriched about what could happen, what it's happening, and what we'll build together if we want to. And still with the golden rule. As we say in French, vivre et laisser vivre, live and let live. Ensemble et différent, and symbol or togetherness and different. Diversity and inclusion. It seems to be a reverse psychology nowadays. But let me go back to the gender and sex. Gender and sex. My therapist that I love much, Suzanne, I say hello to you. Yes, I'm not shy. I dare and I care. I'm authentic. It's nothing wrong to have a coach when you are a coach yourself. I still get coach in the agility movement and I have a coach in my life to balance everything. And I'm not seeing her every week, but when I need, and especially this week, I just celebrate. Yes, I celebrate the passing of my mom last Wednesday. Four year, four tour of the sun, she went away. But I'm really happy. I'm positive because I'm working on it. I'm activating what I'm thinking. I am, and I do, who I am. And here's the thing. So she told me once, because I, I had some question about my gender identity. Oh, la, la. And she said, hold on, Fredo. Let me explain the science. Yes, the scientific method over the coldness of all of this ideology. Because let me tell you one thing, especially you who listen to this who work as organization change manager, or even agile coach that doesn't even know what you do exactly as an agile coach to transforming the world of work. The EI, the way it is proposed, the way it is unfolding right now, and most of our organization of the Western world, it's a cult. And it's an ideology based on the misinterpretation of social Marxism of the materialistic historic theorem of Friedrich Engel and Karl Marx. Sorry, guys, but that's the fucking objective reality. Truth. So, how could you work in improving the workplace, the experience, the employee and the customer and everyone could have at the workplace, at the office. I don't know in English, but yesterday I was into a co-working kind of forum to talk about the uh, remote work and everything. And yes, I know I've got multiple subjects because this is my kind of slow Friday. It's the Pride Month. And I will address all of those subjects. And I will open up to some conversation if we have time. But who has time? So anyways, she told me that scientifically speaking, sex for a mammal, including human, there's two sexes. And at least we identify with the interaction of those two sexes, five sexual orientation. Then after, for those of you who'd like to do uh, data sheets, and um, data interrelation or even subsension in physics, you'll be able to make the interrelation of it. So the most common one, of course, and the five sexual orientation are straight, 
or heterosexual, if I'm using a scientific language, homosexual, men to men and woman to woman, lesbian, the L doesn't have nothing to do because, yeah, and L and gay, it's another story. This is part of the social effect, and I'll come back to it after that. And then, of course, if you're like me in 1996, because I'm going to tell you the Fredo of 2023, but in 1996, I did come out, coming out because I was harassed to answer the question, who am I? What is my preferences? So there's the bisexual. You see, the term is very important. Heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual. So what are the other two? Is it the transgender? Of course not. This is not a sexual orientation. Is it the whatever other letter to spirit for my friend, the native? No, it's nothing to do with that. It's a spiritual thing. Anyways, it's not even like. Now, the other two that were identified in the 1950s by Master and Johnson. Uh, yes, the group at Stanford, Master and Johnson, great psychologists, great uh, with, working with sociologists. Uh, Jim Master was, I think, the psychologist in Caroline Kathleen Johnson was a sociologist in Stanford, and they build these kind of thing. And actually, they are the mother and father of what we call the DSM right now for the behavioral um, evaluation of your mental health status, sort of speak. But there are other people who created this. But anyways, so they identify back in the 50s. It's been a long time that on top of homosexuality and the bisexuality, you have individual in nature, and you could also see it in the in the animal kingdom, that are asexual. Yes, that exists. Someone who don't want to play with his sex or with the sex. So it's an asexual. And the asexual could also have a preference on women or men or both. So the asexual could be the three before, if they engage in sexual act. But the thing with the asexual is the way they are composed, they don't have an appetite. They don't have what we call a libido. So scientifically speaking, there is nothing wrong with them. It's just the way the hypothalamus in the scientific biological way program them. And socially speaking, these are probably among this orientation, sexual preferences, these are probably the one who suffer the most because in the world of where we are pushed to have family, we are pushed to have sex for pleasure now and everything and everything. So could you imagine you're an asexual and you are always push and push and push and you do things and stuff like this. And I'm coming out about it. And of course, <clears throat> in, in real study that they do, they realize that on top of those four, with the asexual, the asexual is someone who actually need a, a deep connection to engage. So you could be an asexual, bisexual, or homosexual, or heterosexual, but you just don't have any taste for sex for sex, even for procreation. Okay? And that's a really fringe, 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 fringe part of us. It's not even 1% of the population. Like the real trans gender or transsexual oh that's a good one too huh science let's put back science into managing this business and office space and culture and everything and then the last one they um, talk more in the 1970s where the demisexual yes demi like in latin like alf 
doesn't mean that that person is alf sexual or alf whatever but that was a way because i think when they define the me with the latin roots of it's a demure uh, meaning that you could apply because they they were discussing about calling it polysexual but because of the polyamorous movement it would have been confused so scientifically speaking they agreed on the term demisexual and demisexual is actually all of the above but you are also an asexual so i know the last two part kind of confused because i've just learned it in in the last seven years and i'm still questioning and i'm going to do my coming out of 2023 about it because by expressing and researching and, and looking at my interaction with men and women in the sexual act, I realized that I'm not a bisexual. I'm not an homosexual, and I'm far from being a straight. I'm a demisexual. Because I need deep connection to engage, and because of probably my um, HPI, it's proven by test with my QE and everything. So I need, I need, I need something more than the physical realm. I don't care about my body, and no, I won't try to self-identify and create an identification of myself as a selfish, selfie, whatever the trend is today to add another letter into this alphabet of a cult of fake diversity. So know who you are. You're surrendering, meaning the universe you are living in, and you'll know the goddess and the god that are part of you too. So put simply, from an imposed heterosexual by social consent and manufacturing, I became in 1996 a bisexual because I was engaging in sexual preference with both sexes. And now I discovered why I was so sad, why I was so purged with emotional dysfunction and even some sort of sexual dependency or dysphoria. It's because I give myself away to men and women without that deep connection that every demisexual and divergent need. So that being said, I remember in 1996 when I spoke out of and affirming myself as a bisexual and this Pride Month. And by the way, the Pride Month was only a Pride Week. It was something like around June 4 to June 11. And it was like just a celebration. It was the gay pride, by the way. Yeah, that was not the pride. It was gay pride. It was only for gay, male, homosexual. The bisexual, I was attacked by the gay community. I was attacked by the straight woman community, of course, by the male, the male dominant power, but this is a myth too. And the only one in this kind of queerness who accepted me were the real transsexual and the lesbian. Because the lesbian, especially the woman homosexual, were again at the bottom of anything into a social scaling. And we are far from the enterprise movement that take care of your well-being about this and openness. And, and by the way, when I said that DEI is a cult, and yes, it is unfortunately becoming a cult. But if you ask me, all of this value, huh, diversity, it's always there to my heart and everything. 
I love diversity of everything, nature, social concept, uh, system framework, whatever. That's what make me an agnostic. And I don't care about selling waterfall if it's the, something that suits you. So that's the real diversity that necessitate this openness. And equity. Equity, this, I know in English, it's not the same level of, how could I say, determination that we have in French. Because in French, there's two other words that could be mistranslated about equality and equity. Um, and the sense is completely different. It's, it's beyond translation. And in Spanish, it's even another thing. Actually, Spanish and French are more close together and the determination of the meaning of equity and equality. But in English, equity, every time I spoke with native English, it's not clear. It's not clear. So do I have it somewhere here? I think yes, because I'd like to be to apply the scientific method. So what did I found in Webster, I think? Or was it Oxford? Mm. I don't know. I just have the definition of the concept. But let's go through it, shall we? The objective kind of definition that I found from Stanford University on uh, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion are three closely linked values, so substantial here again, held by many organizations that are working to be supportive of different groups of individuals, including people of different races, which I don't, I despise this because I grew up by knowing that there's no races in, among the human, only ethnicity and culture. But anyways, I still don't understand in English why you put so much emphasis on race. Because in French, we don't. In Spanish, either. So anyway, different races, blah, ethnicity, religions, abilities. And... I know I did it in French and probably will do it again in English because I've been requested about this. A lot of people wrote to me after my podcast with Isabelle uh, that I salute, Miss Agile. I hope you're doing well. So we did a great, great, great talk, a great conversation about um, neurodivergence, neuroatypy. So that was great. So this is the abilities. All your brain is not constructed the same ways. But anyways, then they add the genders. And sexual orientation. That's a bit too much, if you ask me, because what's happening in my bedroom, it's not your fracking business if you want to hire me as a consultant or whatever. So I despise it when I apply for something and I see those questionnaires about all of this, making a list, tagging you, tagging you, using it against you or for you or against others. This is what I don't like. So you see all it is defined it's not even empirically possible to kind of do some kind of iteration or interpretation of it. So, and I found another one into um, a group at MIT. So from the West Coast at Stanford to MIT, let's try it. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are important to company culture because they foster creativity, fresh perspectives, and understanding, which is wrong. I'm, I'm calling the violation. It's untrue. By implementing the ENI, people of different, again, again, races, abilities, age. Oh, they put age in them. 
genders, religion, and sexual orientation, and other diverse oh, and other diverse background, of course, the infinite of the devil, can be made more comfortable in the workplace. So once again, isn't it what we do as business consultant that we aim to call ourselves agile coach? If we do business agility, I mean, because Agile Coach and Scrum Coach are about software development, right? That's an Agile method of software development, right? But let's bring it to, let's scale it. Let's scale it. So it's the entire enterprise and you have OCM people, you have culture change people, you have business coaches. It's all fucking messed up. It's all fucking uncalled. What is enough? What is enough to please everybody? Could we please everybody? If I make it personal, every time I hear and read about this, nobody's talking about my demisexuality. We'll all go to the cafeteria of the Apple campus, jumping on a table with my tray, smashing it, screaming, I'd like to be heard, I'd like to be seen, I'd like to be accepted. Is that the way that an individual should invite others to include her or him? Please answer to me in the comment below. I'd like to know your thought about it. Am I the crazy one alone? Am I part of the 0.13 of 1% divergent thinking? Or maybe I simply don't understand the psychological safety need of those people. This is probably maybe I took my responsibility of having a coach called a psychologist. And no, for those who know me a little bit more, I'm not talking about my late mother, who was a great teacher. She was also a great psychologist here in Quebec, helping so many women, especially, because yes, she was a feminist, but a brain feminist, understanding the condition of a woman she will have been able to answer you in three seconds what is a woman and not just biologically speaking on a genitia stop it with your fake debate with your distraction that prevent creativity actually because that second definition from the MIT and social science and economy it's a lie because it's a reverse psychology technique that arms businesses, organization, and teams. Reverse psychology is a technique involving the assertion of a belief upon a behavior. It's a manipulation that is opposite of the one desire state that you are aiming for with the expectation that this approach of reverse psychology will encourage the subject or the person to be persuaded to do what it is actually desire of them, not for them. So divergent, high potential individual like I am, and this approach of divergent and renegade agility with the real core agile values is the way to go.
for everything. When Beadle used to say, let's agilize everything, that was one of the meaning of it. All department, all customer segment, all stakeholders, supplier, IT, non-IT, business, marketing, sales, everything. We have enough in our toolkit. We don't need new systems. We have to uncover new ways of using those systems. We have to reorganize those systems. We have to tailor it to the context, the culture, the real culture, not creating other culture layer. Stop with it. Oh, you know, Agile is a culture. Yeah, but we have our own culture because when we found the company, this is that was our vision. So now if we had the vision of Agile and now we have to add the vision of ESG and DEI, I'm confused. How many cultures should my company have to thrive? Exactly. Reverse psychology, manipulation, imposition, control, centralization. The direct activation of valuing diversity for real. Okay. And diversity here. I will value ideas, approaches, not diversity of your ethnicity, your sexuality, your sexual orientation or preference, the way you perceive yourself as a gender identity. I couldn't care less to run my business. Valuing inclusion with the all group process and value cohesion. Yes, value cohesion. On the vision and mission of the enterprise, the team, and I will praise the individual character and ability to contribute to this. I'm modern agile. I love it. Make people awesome. Exactly. Make safety a prerequisite. Exactly. Learn rapidly and ask for help. And deliver value continuously. Now I'd like to take a break if you if you don't mind. And let's go. I should have prepared for this. Sorry about this. I want you to watch something now. We're going to change the tone a little bit and we'll get back to uh, the thing. But just to conclude on my last statement, I'd like to quote um, Professor Gadsad. Hiring people due to their qualification is the greatest expression of appreciation of diversity that any corporate executive could make. Let you think about it. Let's hear now a little one-minute clip from Mr. Warren Buffett. Whatever, I don't like him personally, but I like this part. All right, let's do this. And I'll be able to take a little break. And maybe after, I'll see about the 35 people watching. If you want to tell me right now in the chat, if you'd like to me for open the line for maybe about a 20-minute chat and exchange about this. And I still didn't make the link to business agility, but I will. After this message from Warren Buffett, companies should stop wasting time with DEI. And I'll make my stand after that. So let's do this. Ready? Go. Two dozen men and women work with you, Warren, at our corporate office. I see from last year the quality of the picture has been improved in the annual report, so congratulations on that. However, looking at it, there is something that comes to anyone's attention and is the lack of diversity among the staff. 
A 2015 analysis by Calvert Investments found that Coca-Cola was one of the best companies for workplace diversity, while Berkshire Hathaway was one of the worst. You've explicitly stated that you do not consider diversity when hiring for leadership roles and board members. Does that need to change? Are we missing any investment opportunities as a result? And do you consider diversity, however defined, of company leadership and staff when analyzing the value of a company that you may want to purchase? Well, it's a multiple-part question. The last answer to the last one is no. Um, what was the one before it? <laughs> You've explicitly stated you do not consider diversity when hiring for leadership roles and board members. Does that need to change, and are we missing yeah. any investment opportunities as a result? No, we, we will select board members, and we lay it out. And, and, uh, and we've done so for years, and I think we've been much more explicit uh, than most companies. Uh, we are looking for people who are business savvy, shareholder-oriented, and have a special interest in Berkshire. And we found people like that. And as a result, I think, I, I, uh, I think we've got the best board uh, that we could have. They, they're, not in it, they're clearly not in it for the money. Uh, I get called by consulting firms who've been told to get uh, candidates for directors for other companies. And uh, uh, by the questions they ask, it's clear they've got, they've got something other than the three questions we ask in terms of, of directors in mind. Uh, they really want somebody whose name will reflect credit on the institution, which means a big name. You know, and, uh, you know, one organization recently, uh, the one that did the blood samples with small pricks, got, uh, they got some very big names on their board. Uh, and Theranos, I think, are, is that the way you pronounce it, Charlie? Theranos? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the names are great, but we, we're not interested in people that want to be on the board because they want to make a two or three hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, for ten percent of their time, and we're not interested in the ones who, for whom it's a prestige item, uh, and who want to go and check boxes or the, that sort of thing. So I think we've we've got we will continue to apply that test: business savvy, shareholder oriented, and and uh, with a strong. Uh, personal interest in Berkshire and every share of the Berkshire that our shareholders own, they bought just like everybody else in this room. They haven't gotten them on option or they haven't gotten, you know, I've been on boards where they've given me stock. You know, they, they uh, I get it for breathing, basically, uh, at half a dozen places that are maybe three or four that I was on the board of. Uh, we want our shareholders to walk in the shoes, I mean, our directors to walk in the shoes of shareholders. We want them to care a lot about the business, and we want them to be smart enough so that they know enough about business that they know what they should get involved in and what they shouldn't get involved in. The people in the office, uh, I'm hoping that when we take the Christmas picture again this year, they're exactly the same 25 that were there last year, even though we might have added 30,000 employees elsewhere. And 
maybe 10 billion of sales or something like that. Uh, uh, it's a remarkable group of people. And they, I mean, just take this meeting. Virtually every one of the 25, our CFO, my assistant, whoever, they've been doing job after job connected with making this uh, meeting a success and a pleasant, a pleasant outing for our shareholders. It's, it's a cooperative effort. The idea that you would have some department called annual meeting department and, you know, you'd have a person in charge of it and she or he would have an assistant and then they would go to various conferences about holding annual meetings and build up, you know, and then they'd hire consultants to come in and help them on the meeting. We just don't operate that way. And it's a, it's a place where everybody helps each other. But, um, Part of the, what makes, part of what makes my, well, my, my job is extraordinarily easy, but the people around me really make it easy. And part of the reason it's easy is because we don't, I, I, we don't have any committees. Uh, maybe we have some committee I don't know about, but I've, I've never been invited to any committees, I'll put it that way, at, at Berkshire. And we don't, we, we may have a PowerPoint someplace, I haven't seen it and I wouldn't know how to use it anyway. The, we just don't do, we don't have make work activities and, and, uh, we might go to a baseball game together or something like that. But it, I, I, I've seen the other kind of operation, and I like ours better. I'll put it that way. Charlie? So, all right. So, so you get the point. I don't know if you get my, my statement. Like, as a queer myself, as a neurodivergent myself, as someone who might be need what they call in their definition of DEI, uh, let's go back a little bit about this. Like, Stanford says um, that... Uh, many organizations that are working to be supportive of different group of individual. This is wrong. This is wrong from someone who might need that support. But what I'm, what I'm key, the key message here of Buffett for diversity of the board, but the way that they should, the way we manage people. And, and do we manage people again? No, it's, 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 it's for me again is, is, it's all this reverse psychology of manipulation once again, because uh, when I help people with business agility and conscious leadership, and this is why that will be my question. Actually, I'd like to go farther in this. I'd like to see other perspective about this. Should business agility with conscious leadership should take care of this DEI? Okay. No more people with strategies and academic stuff and everything, because at the end of the day, um, and that's, that was a discussion we had in French with Isabel when we talked about neuroATP and neurodivergence and neurodiversity. Uh, if, if, if someone is physically, uh, have a, a physical handicap, is in need of, 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 um, of an accommodation in the workplace or with his computer and everything. So we'll do that. Okay. So I understand it's more complex when it's a mental illness or, or an, actually, that's the, the other thing. Neurodivergent, it's not a mental illness. It's, it's just a condition of being different, of doing connection differently, of thinking differently, of, you know, and, and that is, that is something great for creativity and innovation and in enterprise. If it's well, if it's well canalized, as my therapist says. So, you know, and, and then after that, your your sexual orientation or preferences and the way you'd like to identify yourself uh, i mean it's not all of these things should be left out of work like your religion accommodation for your prayer on friday 
or the, so it should be an accommodation if you're really serious about it based on your agreement with your team, with your boss and everything. Because I remember as a scrum master back in the day, especially when it's the uh, Mondial, eh? what we call the World Cup of, of, for you, the American soccer, but it's football, the football World Cup, the Calcio. And uh, so we made accommodation, uh, not based on religion or sexual or gender preferences. No, <laughs> we made accommodation for the sprints that we are going to traverse while of this competition, according to among the team member who is supportive of what team and when do you want to have off to go watch the team live. So this is just self-organized accommodation and supporting and it's the same i mean and the interview if if you are interviewed for a job or for a mandate should not you be able to when it's your time to question thing question the enterprise if they will be willing to make you some adaptation for transportation or whatever anything else because you choose some places that you're going to spend a lot of time at work but we don't need a group pressure what they call it again the group of individuals, hold on a second, why are you dividing people? No, we should be all at once working for the goal of this company, the goal of this enterprise. But maybe among those people, um, as I said, the golden rule. So just teach to people the golden rule. Instead of spending time with dry queen, and I will finish with that before opening the Zoom. A dry queen is not necessarily a transsexual and certainly not a transgender. Did you know that? Because that's the scale. Okay, you have a, a man who'd like to impersonify a woman. So he doesn't want to chain his gender identity and certainly not his sexuality, his sex. Because gender, it's a social concept. So when they have the argument of what makes you think I'm a woman or I'm a man? It's because society has brainwashed me to believe that. No, you've been born as a male or female in nature. Then gender, yes, gender, it's a, it's a cultural, sociological conception that you, you might want to change because because we have so much time to waste in the Western world. Huh? We don't, we don't, we, we're not agree anymore. We don't, we don't need to run after our meat. We don't need to grow our own vegetable. We don't need anything. Everything is served to us. So we have so much time to spend in philosophy, but not the good philosophy. So identify as a cat. No, even better. Identify as an orange tiger. And, um, so you should treat me as it. Like, what the fuck? I mean, anyways, I'm I'm disgracing right now. But you see the point. So 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 for me, we live in a complex world, and all of these things are in reaction of the complexity of our world, but they are not proposing a great approach or a sustainable approach. And what I like. As I said again, I'm not pro or cons uh, Buffett, but nevertheless, these guys, they made money for different reasons. But one of the reasons I like is the true agility. And the real agility is putting people first. If you heard exactly what he says, go back and listen again and my by replaying this uh, this podcast. 
because he really mentioned that for me, it's about your competency. It's about like working together in collaboration. I don't care about uh, your gender. I don't care about this and that. And we should not impose again. So I know some of my friends at the OLN, they are with me on this. Stop imposing stuff. That's include quotas. Quotas of having uh, that portion of people of color, that portion of this and that. No, it should not be like this. It should be natural. More we intervene, more we impose, more we control, more we destroy. More we let it be, more we praise and teach the golden rule. And I believe more we appreciate the real difference in people. And we put respect and science back into our interaction with subsension. Well, in that case, I do believe and I do think and I see it work when I do it with great mind, with great organization that apply more science and empirism, we achieve great things because we have to keep it simple. Every time people complicated things intervene, it's destroying this natural flow of things that could happen. That's what I think. And so I didn't link it necessarily to business agility, but with the question, and let me open the Zoom right now. Um, is it? Okay. So you have it in the chat with the number. And again, you won't be seen, but you're going to be heard publicly. Uh, and this is not a personal call. It's for the purpose of exploring ideas with a dare real agile. We dare because we care. And uh, we have a first caller here, Ryan from Charlotte, South Carolina. I'm sure I made a mistake again. It is not South Carolina. It's North Carolina. He'll correct me as soon. And, and uh, remember when you call, please mute your uh, YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever you are watching this. Mr. Ariane, are you there? Hmm. I am present, yes. You are present. Welcome. Welcome to the Dare Real Agile podcast and the Friday Live Agile. Um, so, so what do you think? Is business agility with conscious leadership should take care of DEI and any other comment of what you've been probably uh, watching so far in the last hour? Ooh, um, I, I think that the core of this is, is defining what each of those letters mean to you, and what context you are in with the people you are with. You know, mm. What are we doing together? Who are we serving and why? Does it, what kind of diversity makes sense for, the, for us and for the people we are with? And whether that's gender, whether that's how, what, what pigmentation your skin is or what, um, what lever you pull in the ballot box, all of those things, a holistic approach to diversity, at least that first word, what does that mean in the context? Uh, the, the E part, hey man, uh, that is such a, Oh, okay. Let me let me let me let me intervene on the e part because okay. Let me ask you. Let me ask you because you're a native English and I'm not. And in French and Spanish, it doesn't have the same level of determination. So, what is how do you define equity in English? Oh, well, that depends on where you're studying, who you're studying with, and 
all that. Uh, where did you learn the word? Uh, some some people from a if you're coming from the financial background, we're talking about equity. I have equity in a company. I mm-hmm. have all that stuff, which is totally not what what is in the current public discourse now. It, I mean, it, it, if you ask me individually, what does equity mean? No, but I, I actually, it's, it's, it's grammarly uh, speaking because, because, okay, because, uh, hold on, because sometimes, um, we, we do it in French, Spanish, and Italian. I know the Anglo Saxon and, and the German, they don't have this problem. But for us, equity and equality, it's completely, it, it seems to be alike, but it's not alike. It's not sending the same message. And, and of course, equity and business is, uh, of course, we, we could have a name, an adjective that, Yeah, and context, but in this context of bringing support to people that work with our organization or create a company culture, what does is referring? Because if in French I translate the DIE, uh, actually on this word I think they use e- equality, which is they translate equity into égalité, which is another sense of équité in French because. You, yeah. you see what I mean? So, so do you have the same debate in English between equality and equity in terms of people in the workplace that have to be treated? Boom. Not, not, not business equity or whatever. Do you see what yeah. I mean? So I see. I see. Well, yeah. Do we, do we, is that, is that the concept? I'm trying to think how to phrase this. That is very, fundamental to the education of folks of my generation and those who are older than me in terms of what what does equality mean? Equal rights. The equal rights amendment. That that as a human, we all have a set of rights okay. and they are equal. They they allow access to opportunities. That's we're talking about equal opportunity. So and that's that's a concept we all grew up with. Yeah, it's the universalist from French Revolution, by the way. That's why they have it in their constitution. By the way, it's uh, fraternité, égalité, et uh, yeah, that's it, liberté. Yeah. And that, that enlightened liberalism birthed the, and again, in my context, America. So, so that was the, the, of the, in the late 18th century, but that happened. Yeah, and the real liberalism, they're talking about like, not the liberal of today, that's the thing. So they were like, they were the children of the universalists. The universalists as kicking the movement of making sure that everybody could have a good start. That was the sense of the Republic, the Republic of Bismarck and France. So. Yes, and, and, that, and that idea of equal opportunity, yeah. that, that rings with truth. Now, that became, to some, some folks, as it happened in academia, then, we, then there was this, the conversation about uh, that equality of outcome uh, yeah. among, among, group, among groups. And, 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 and then that, that totally rubs folks the wrong way. That is... Oh, I'm giving some, but something to someone and they didn't deserve it the same way I did. And but they had all the same opportunities that I did. And, and, and that, so that's a narrative that comes and say, I'm, I'm imposing that narrative that it's all about skill. Well, why wouldn't everyone have the same opportunities that I have? The reality is, the reality is mm-hmm. in, in that, that those opportunities The law, the letter of the law might have said we, we have, there's anti-discrimination and you have equal opportunity, but the reality is not so rosy in terms of, that's even just equality. And then 
And so, so, so myself and first my generation, we think this is what equality. Of course, equality. We want every we. we I believe. You know, every human being, regardless of whatever facet of diversity is, needs equal opportunity. So, but in that equity, sense, equity is 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 a it is a horribly defined okay so that's so so that's why i understand more now why english canada and united states are struggling more with die than the french because okay. we use we use equal if i translate we use equality you we need this universal principle in the die in french and you mm -hmm. guys are not so that's the thing so that's why there's a lot of backlash about it is it Well, yeah, I mean, okay. and there's, there's this, the idea of, again, what the concept of equity has become in terms of the humanities education in, in the university system in America, that, and which is a whole other discussion about yeah. what does equity mean. And, and I, I, I try to have this, whenever I, I adore having this, I want to have this conversation in public with people who are authentically willing to be curious and make mistakes in terms of, Well, I don't believe that every, you know, equality of outcome, what are you talking about? And so the idea of equitability, mm -hmm. right? That's a, that's a different word that I, th I think ought to be engaged with that whole equity. Well, okay, that, that's all right. Well, and, and there, there's, I mean, there's so many ways to talk about it, but I know. Is, is, is this treatment, is it equitable? And regardless, you have the same opportunity, but are you being treated equitably? And, and then to have a conversation about what does equitable treatment mean to you? What is humane treatment to you based mm -hmm. on your story, your capabilities, like physical capabilities, mental, your nerve, neuro set, all that stuff. I, I think those, those three values, like, uh, are, you cannot be against the value of diversity. As I, as I even mentioned myself, I praise diversity and everything. I think it, otherwise the world would be boring if it will be a monistic type of thinking and everything. But that's the funny thing. And actually I did that in French with Isabelle when we talk about neurodivergent in terms of scientific method and testing people with uh, high performance and everything. And, um, the, 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 the problem with that is this application and the fact that Our world in the Western world, especially the OECD countries, are imposing stuff, uh, politically, socially speaking. And, and at the same time, we ask organizations, especially the large-scale organization, to score into a quota of diversity. Exactly. So that's kind of bizarre because in, in one end, in one mouth, we say, oh, let's embrace diversity. And on the other way, We impose thing into becoming homogenic. Uh, what we call in French la, the um, uniqueness of ideology, the only one ideology, the dominant ideology, and uh, and and then after that we could enter into the debate of self-manage or self-organized team. How do you do that if you impose stuff? If you have the same, always the same type of mindset. So, so for me, that's why I remember my mother talking about reverse psychology. So it's exactly it. Is it the, the, the glass full of full, completely full? And how are we manipulated to believe that? And for me, where I work, I won't name any client. Don't worry, guys. But the thing is, most of the time, these concept of the IE, whatever it's with the gay pride month. Oh, sorry. It's not the gay pride anymore. It's the pride month. That's right. Because that's why back in the day, they have two months. 
June was for gay and August was for any, anybody else. And now we have, uh, I don't know, you know, it's pride all our years. If you ask me, let us be proud of what we accomplished, not of who we are, but anyways. So that's, a, that's another way. Anyway. But, but you see, Ryan, the thing is, so now we're, okay, equity, equality, da, 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 so, so you fucked up in English, welcome. And we did it in French, but we still have the same backlash. But, but inclusion now, inclusion. Mm. So for me, it's all lip services because... And as a French Canadian, I know because all of those Toronto head office company that praise inclusion, they are still racist against French Canadian. But they will, they won't be racist against uh, someone from India or China. But us, mm. the French Canadian, they are still treating us like second class citizens sometimes. And I'm not talking about my personal experience because I'm, I'm something else, but, but I know, I know because as an agile coach, we become therapists sometimes and people and individual coaching, they will, they will scream their heart about how they feel the way they are treating and everything. So, so then get back to my question. So we include people, but to exclude a certain group, we make believe again that because we have one province out of the 10 who speak French, who has official language as French, that we are the oppressor of the minority of English speaker here in Montreal. Could you imagine that? We are the minority on the continent. We are being treated with the N-word sometimes because when I was a little kid, Ryan, I kid you not, some English people of the West Island here of Montreal were telling me as a kid of six, seven years old, are you ready for this? It's really racist. They were telling me, speak white, you motherfucker. Speak white. And if you have a chance, I will send it to you. There was a song written by uh, one of our great singers here in French, speak white. So, so this, it's my generation. We went through that. I'm not talking about something uh, when we, when the French were master of the land. No, no, no. It's a, so I'm telling this because I think it's hypocritical. It's lip services. People try to have, uh, how do you call it again? You know, this kind of um, good conscious. So let's, mm. as a HR department, so you and I, we are the director of HR and we are, oh, let's go to this buzzing of DEI. And, and so we're going to score point and we're going to have the, those, uh, sub, uh, you know, and, and, but at the end of the day, as an agile coach, I'm telling you right off the bat, all of those who are having a pride poster right now, uh, I got like Tuesday, I think Tuesday, I had a coaching with two uh, person gay. And they say, like, this company, I won't name it, don't worry, but it's a large-scale company here in Canada. They they even, like, change their logo on LinkedIn with the, the gay flag. But they say, like, they don't care about our sexual orientation. And actually, those two guys told me that they don't want them to care anyways because it's nothing to do with the business and everything. So, but, 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 but again, what type of accommodation as an enterprise have to do with my sexual orientation or my gender identification or even the pigmentation of my skin or even my native language or even whatever, whatever, whatever. I think the only support and adaptation should come through, let's say you're my, you hire me to work with you at OLN and probably in the interview process, I will say, Oh, Ryan, by the way, uh, you know, I've been diagnosed with HPI and hypersensitivity. So is there a way for me when I facilitate that I could have more time to prepare because that, you know, so that's it. I mean, I should be able to, am I free to ask you that question? That's having a human-to-human conversation exactly. based on the needs of each individual person. Yeah. Right? And so, so this is 
this is the, I mean, it should, this is, this is individuals and interactions over processes and tools. And again, beyond that, we are recovering better ways as the wonderful, beautiful, yes. it, but the individuals and interactions that we've above all things over what's the process and tool, what is the process or rule that is, that's governing the compliance of our interaction. Yeah. Fuck that. Let us be together as human beings. And whether it's one-to-one, which is the perfect way to do that, to come to some kind of agreement that we see each other, you not cash shower, and, and that we are together and we are one. And then expand that to what are the needs of this human being because of the stories they have within them, because yep. of their experiences, because they had that speak white told to them. And that, and that, that creates everyone to a person and I don't I don't exempt myself from this but I know my trauma in my life is different because of how I came which would be different for someone who came here from India from the Pacific Islands and this is India. touching this is touching what we should have as a consultant in business especially in business process that we call business agility in our case empathy compassion compassion yeah even even better yeah But the, yeah, some, some will say that compassion, it's maybe sometimes a bit too large for business, but at the end of the day, we are human beings. So we should like, What's, yeah. what is too large for business? I and mean, why, why are we in business together? If not to create a better world for yeah. the people we care about, you know, and this, this, and, and as much as I, that, that Warren Buffett, a man of his time saying, I don't whatever is playing the game of talking about shareholders and all this bullshit that, that is just, <laughs> But, but but whatever but yeah so see beyond the the color the ideology the everything but for me that uh, as, as i said when i when i decide to share that clip for that episode mm -hmm. that was important for me because i don't like the guy because i i told it but the thing is sometimes it's not about It's not about you or me or him it's about some part of the ideas and when i was doing my research to to do that show I, some keyword bring me to that video that I seen before this, this whole thing. And I said like, okay, I like that part. Uh, you know, that, that part of at the end of the day, uh, don't waste your time. So, you know, it's a really lean thinking of business, uh, way of doing things and keep it simple. Like Jim I. Smith will tell you the same thing, but differently. Okay. With his approach as a consultant in business. But what I like also the fact that when he talked about the example at Birch is he says like, uh, Why should we spend so much in consulting to tell us what is common sense? Because that's the message behind it. So, so we talk often about common sense. Could we bring back common sense, empirism and subsension into the upfront of what we're dealing about solving a problem or creating an experience for a worker and everything? So, so the, the rest, I'm not talking about like self-regulating capitalists. We know it's all bullshit, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, It's, as you said, human being gathering together for something. At the end of the day, now something happened. I won't name anyways. That's the problem. I have example, but I have to be careful of not naming any company or whatever. But there's something happening right now in one place in Montreal where a lot of people are unsatisfied about the turn of event and the way they reorganize even the physical space. Okay. And uh, everybody's talking about it. We, we feel the energy in the in the space and the workplace and the office. 
but nobody is taking like in, in me i'm an outsider i'm a consultant so but at some point i am the one who took responsibility sort of speak i'm not accountable but i take responsibility to gather some people key people together and say like Here's my proposal to you because you have to stop it. You have to stop it. You don't need like to be support about uh, your whatever the fuck it is. But if people are unhappy, they want to quit. They want to, you have to address it and you have to go see. So, so, you know, so, so for me at the end of the day, it's, it's nature because they, they, the way they do change without explaining it or without communicating it. So just live with it. You come back to the office, especially now. And that just a bit of context. It was like since the pandemic that some people are just coming back now. And instead of they didn't with no preparation, no nothing, just live with it. And I even hear some manager telling, hey, Ryan, if you're not happy with uh, your office there at this place, go find yourself another job. And that fracking company, Ryan, is Pride Month. We are for diversity, inclusion, and equity. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But on the floor, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's a it's a bullshit yeah. show. Yeah. It is. It's totally, it, and it's and this is this is the idea of if you create a system with incentives to comply with that, and you have a hierarchical force to comply with those incentives, mm. you'll get people who do exactly what they need to do to comply, but there's no soul. There's no spirit. Yeah, it's, it's just a checklist. Advantage. It's just a checklist. And so what do we do? If, if we want to have true, if, and the, the DEI, again, the, what is the, what does DEI give you? It gives you, for in, in, in one aspect, it's representation. And you yeah. hear that a lot. So what, what does, what, what should representation look like? And then there's not one answer for that. No. You know, because if, if you look at it writ large in terms of the either whether it's what state I'm in, what city, whatever, the, the percentages of skin color or or gender, however you decide to articulate it and how you define or whatever or such, all those things, there are so many intersections between all those things. Yeah. That you can't have a perfect representation. And every situation is different based on the system of interaction between it. It's, it's a, but, it, it, is, it, is a, it is a ludicrous assumption, assumption that you can just boilerplate a percentage of global or national nation-state diversity segments onto the sea. It's just, no. But, but then again, but then again, if, 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 yes, but for me, the real inclusion will be if, if I've got the skill set to do that duty, that responsibility, and I should actually show up and offer my services and, and be higher for that. Not because you have a fracking checklist of pointing system of diversity or because diversity is to choose people. Equity is to treat people and inclusion is to make sure that once people are in, they are in. Right. So that's, that's why this interrelation of those three value, but it's also a stepping stone every time of the process. So it starts with when you send your CV. Now you have a questionnaire about how do you self-identify? How do you blah, 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 blah. And for me, there, there's a risk here, uh, the, especially with data mining right now and data analysis and all, everything is data and is digitalized 
Uh, I'll, I'll, so me, I'm scared because now let's say that we are in a more socialist. Uh, oh, that's right. I'm speaking with American now. I have to be careful. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's more like um, like this this type of like diversity inclusion, uh, whatever you call it. But what happened if if a more conservative traditionalist take over? They will have access to those same lists. So will they use it to create you some problem? To uh, to uh, discriminate against you, because they. I remember back in the 90s. I don't know if you experienced the same thing in the United States, but back in even the 1980s and 90s, they were talking about positive discrimination. Mm. It's it's like that conference at the Spice a couple of years ago, and in, in agility, by the way, with Agile Alliance, there was a talk in Agile Alliance back in the day in 20, 2006 about. The uh, positive manipulation. There's no such thing as positive manipulation. But okay, yes, you could manipulate someone to do something good, maybe. But that was not the topic of the talk. The topic of the talk it was using this this very bad behavior in psychology, but apparently to for positive thing. That was the way for them to to propose agile transformation. But anyway, I'm digressing right now. But the thing is, for me, it's again reverse psychology. Positive discrimination. If you discriminate, you discriminate. It's not negative or positive. You, it's discrimination as by itself. It's and by the way, recruitment process is discrimination, and that's okay because if if you, you apply, if if if, if if you and I apply to become a SpaceX engineer and we don't have any degree or experience or you know knowledge and experience and even like the the capacity of learning fast to to replace someone. I mean, like, come on, we, we are at the fit for that job and, and, and vice versa. So that there's, there's maybe some, some job that maybe you could be a jack of all trade and let's do it. Uh, well, this is but, about the definition of the word. You know, what does it mean to be discriminating? It means yes. you, can, you can discern between things. You can tell the differences that exactly. I, I, have, I have a discriminating taste about this, but that, what, but I, I think that, so that word discrimination is fuzzy. It's too fuzzy. Well, I think the word of prejudice is is a better word. Am I prejudiced against someone? Am I prejudging them because of whatever aspect or attribute that yeah. they have? It, oh, but that's another. So, so this, this, okay. Me, I will agree that if an organization put in place some rules uh, based on the golden rules, you know, or whatever, and then this DEI will be a tool. For them to make sure that people understand that this will be a prejudice if you apply it that way. So, but but forcing people to do recruitment or talent acquisition and discriminating positively <laughs> the group of majority or the group of whatever they want to to descale that is not okay. That, I think it's not okay because for uh, e equal equal competency. Maybe you could say like, oh, let's create this into our organization. So let's have more. I'm not saying I'm agreeing with this, but let's say like I, the benefit of the doubt. Let's say like, okay, so let's, let's, but it's again, what is the company value? Because I don't know if you were there at the, at the beginning, I was introducing about like, what is a culture within a cult and what, how many layer of culture do you have an organization you have to do? Because when I help a lot of startup, you know, so startup, they don't care about culture. What they care is solving problem and proposing something to the world that will make them money. Okay. Let's be frank. It's, it's all about that. Then after you grow. Okay. And when you grow, you start investing in those things. 
right? So, and, and now with the evolution of the company, you have the luxury to start thinking about uh, your culture and stuff. But at the end of the day, and especially my folks in, in Austin since 2016, it's the same culture when they were a startup. Meaning that let's have fun. Let's don't bother people about uh, working here or from home. It's so the culture should be something that with the people you have, you create this. And then after, of course, if it's well, it's better established. Again, what does uh, the manifesto says at the beginning? Uncover new ways. ways. Exactly. So that's uh, the three founder in 2016. They said, like, I don't want to have a culture. Because if we grow, if we have more people, if we open and friends, if we open and whatever. So all of this, and I want it to be uh, one of the stakeholders. He told me that I want it to be decentralized. As long as they respect the process of our product, of course, I mean, like the, the, the thing we sell and our, our trademark and stuff. But the rest, I couldn't care less if they want to be waterfall in Paris. If they want to be fucking waterfall in the scrub, do it. But, but deliver, deliver our stuff. And represent our name, our brand. That's it. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Are, are you building a product that, that is, can needs a certain quality standard yeah. to be built in a defined process because you're in a slow-moving market with specific uh, constraints? Whoops. Something I happened. Think- Excuse me. No, it's all right. Go ahead. It's, it's happening sometimes. I don't know for what reason, but uh, sometimes... Okay. Now we're back online. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were saying like the context... Yeah, I, I was I was going somewhere else with it, but yeah, it, it's a, be sensitive to the context of the people who are needed to deliver the results that are important to the people you care about. You know, and so so the so when I think about culture, it, it's again it's another super messy word that yeah, so many people have different definitions of it. I try and keep it as simple as possible. The best definition I like uh, is from Seth Godin. It's people like us do things like this. People like us. Who are we? Yeah. What are we in? Yeah. We do things like this. These are, this is how we behave as a group of people. If, you, if you're not, if, if we don't see each other, we don't come together and, and we do things the same way. Well, you know, maybe it's not a culture fit or that there's, and that each of us have a, you know, that this is a system of mindsets together, which is another definition of it. But people like us, do things like this and and that and if you attempt to design a culture talk about imposition you know that and the example i was talking about like they they physically changed the space and everything and uh, but it was kind of imposed without things and and now everybody like the energy is very fucked up about it so but at the end of the day at some point and some conversation with people complaining and they don't know how to address it because they don't even feel it will be invited to do so anyways so but the thing that resonated with what you just said is 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 the fitting it's are we fitting there and at some point some people were telling like oh you know what maybe before that pandemic i wanted to leave for that 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 that, that reason now we will accommodate for the work from home stuff and blah, blah, blah. Now we're coming back and they changed the culture. When I was higher in 2012, I was higher accepting these rules and stuff. Now these new rules plus the space, I disagree with that. So it's time for me to leave. Someone told me that. That's okay. And some others was, oh, no, don't do this because it should go back to when you, you started. I said, well, go back to what? It's too late now. So, so at the end of the day, 
that's why I sometimes tend to believe in this self-regulation of the market or the whatever, because, because you create something that was, that will be an effect. So of course it could be manipulation against and that I understand that. But at the end of the day, if, if you and I are not happy in some places, whatever it's work or um, walking somewhere. So we just change. I mean, we just move on. We just go away and whatever. Or if we, seem not to have the choice this is when you probably decide to engage in some sort of battle or what have you uh to change that behavior but but it's always a question of choice if you don't understand that you have choice or so then you don't have any power so so and and power yeah power not happiness people are always seeking happiness but they don't understand Nietzsche. Nietzsche taught us that if you want to be happy you have to be fulfilled and to be fulfilled, you, you have to understand power, power and air and not the sense of power, like brute force. I'm talking about like your, the will, the will of doing something, mm. the desire of attaining something and, and make it happen. This is what I'm talking about. Power, the power of nature over culture. Voila. Because culture mm. is the enemy of imagination and creativity. And this is not from me. It's from Terence McKenna. Culture in terms of popular culture in the, Not, in the is um, that what we're talking about because organ that's see, this is why the board is so messy. Yeah, when we talk about when we talk about culture within a group. Yeah, but culture, it's culture, it's often in sociology related to a group that will impose this fitting. Okay, so as, as as soon as you are a little bit divergent from that or this normality, they try because culture will create that normality, that tradition, that uh, sense of conformity and norms. Exactly. So, so at, at the end of the day, so that's why I was saying like, okay, so you you like to work here, but now you've been acquired by XYZ Inc. So the culture of XYZ Inc. that just acquire you. Maybe not overnight like this, but lately the culture will change. So do you still agree? Huh? We talked about invitation and agreement. So do you still agree with that now? And how much adaptation individually or with the group you'll be able to make uh, to stay there or to move? So, so for me, that's why I said like choice and power to be fulfilled and then happy. But when you start to be unhappy, it's because you're not fulfilled. It's because you lose power. Mm. And you lose your will to, to do something. So that's why that there, there's, there's the trigger for moving on or do something, do act. Mm-hmm. Would you realize, do you realize where we are in this conversation that we are now talking about universal human needs yep. and in a particular situation about how that makes sense to how a person, regardless of what, whether they meet the diversity requirement or whatever the DEI requirement is, all that, all that noise gets in the way of people being together and making decisions together, yep. agreeing with one yep. another about what is equitable. Ex- what kind of diversity do we want? Do we need? Because we don't. And, and this is the whole thing. Not one of us has the answer to. We are all so much better equipped to solve problems when we have a diversity of opinion, and whether that comes from whatever. Yeah. But you see, so let, let but that would let that need feed the design of the system and into. Lead to the flourishing of the people in that system. 
Exactly, right? And the thing is, nowadays, with the outside world affecting teams and organizations, do they need, on top of it, from the inside, to be disrupted in this unfortunate, non-healthy way? What I'm saying here is, too often, I have to, to say before and after the pandemic, because there's really a change. I don't know for you guys, but there's really a change of approach and and the fasting to change things and everything. And everybody's now is turning into materialistic technology. They forget the people first in the equation. So that's not for, and it, we should take care of us more than just having all of this technology that will solve, oh, because now we, we need a better infrastructure, a better cloud service or blah, blah, blah. because if, if another pandemic happened, like I don't want to be stuck in reorganizing uh, this telework and stuff like this. But anyways, the, 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 what I, the energy I receive and, and everything I see unfolding is people are not happy. And if they are happy, it's because they are content, but it's not enough for them to continue experiencing. And I like the, the bridge that you make with open space and working agreement and everything, because that's, it's, it's like right now you have what is perceived. Uh, the perception of things and the reality. And look at it, look at it, technologically speaking, with augmented reality, with the metaverse, with it's everything goes into the perception of things. It's not the internet of things with me, it's perception of things. <laughs> but the reality and the authenticity and the organic aspect and the and I think we, we did a podcast, you and I, about this uh, open space humanity or open yeah. And, and with Isabelle, it was a bliss. Unfortunately, I don't know if they translate in English or talk, but you'll love it. I'm sure like anyways. And, and, and the thing is, and la last week I spoke about my 23 years experience of building dream team and that exists. And yes, you're going to storm. But now what I see, it was like this before the pandemic. Now it's on steroid after the pandemic that people seems the manager, not the leader. But even the leader, I don't know. They they say uh, we do agile. They say we do the EI. They say we do whatever the, the fishball thing it is. But at the end of the day, they stay in the storming. They create storm. Because they don't ask in an open space what is going on. They don't invite people. I mean, this 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 is why this is why I love the eight patterns so much. It's invitation to a whole group process to create common knowledge around boundary management, clarity of authorization, interaction protocols, and, you know, explicit agreements. You know, so all that stuff, it is all one thing that if we think about the design of the, of the so I think of it as an assessment. How, how invitational is the leadership? What is the story that, that is inviting people to engage in this whole group process to create yes. common, common knowledge. And oh my God. If we all had common knowledge around what are we doing? What's it mean? What is it? What does the DEI policy of this company really mean? And why is it important? And that can be, and it can be a beautiful discussion and a beautiful acceptance of all people who have chosen to accept the agreement to play the game that this organization is playing. 
And but what what has happened? And I think I think you'll agree with it, is what's happened is that this that we we shoehorn those concepts of greater humanity and equitability and acceptance into this coercive hierarchy where you say you've got to comply. If you don't comply, there are sanctions and you have to meet these targets to get there. But yeah. and so if you don't meet those targets, you go blah blah blah. And then this is the whole this is the whole noise of, of why that it is upon us to to flip organizational design in a way that creates through diversity, equity. Inclusion, yeah and, and you know and, and uh, all that stuff. The the bottom line of it, the, the thing behind it, it's control. Yeah, because uh, DEI does that for the individual within an organization, and ESG doing it to corporation. And now, instead of praising positive, loving behavior of taking care of our environment, we are going to be punished by taxes to continue polluting. So, if you have money, no problem; just pay more, and you're able to pollute. So no effort necessary uh, if you're if you're if you're wealthy. So if you're wealthy, you could be unhealthy. That's the message, also, kind of. Um, maybe I'm a bit disgracing. Wow. And uh, what I like about like uh, you, you 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 brought the eight pattern of business agility, open business agility. Oh, our friend called it. Um, in uh, I remember it was a disagreement back then, but for something else. But you know, I did last week, uh, and one of the feedback that I receive is. Every people who work in human resources, I have to say the generic term, but it should be people care, not people culture, but people care because you care about the mm. people you hire and then, and, and, and she said like, this is amazing because you said that you taught it to leadership and business and everyone else would like to, but actually in large scale organization, the first one to receive that training, if my 45 minute talks could become a training and it is, You saw it, I put it on sale right now. I decided to dare to do this. Even though right now it's 75% Beatles work of Enterprise Scrum because this is what I master. But I did put 25% of the greatness of OLN into it. But that's the thing. Like I saw those 20 people who came to my talk, my lunch and learn. And even like a stubborn uh, enterprise architect, Ooh, it, it's been like five years. He's nagging me about agility is dead and da, da, da. Now I reconciliate him with business agility with that eight patterns mm-hmm. invitation base. So there's a place, there's a momentum to, to switch the gear. And, and I, and I believe maybe, uh, we should approach it differently. Uh, but I think the invitation people have so enough to, to be imposed, most of them. They, so they want to work in their full potential. They want to unleash their full potential. And right now, this is the thing. Uh, people, they just decide to quit. Uh, the silence quitting. They quit. Yeah. And that's sad because, meanwhile, the organization is paying consulting firm to have survey. People are not honest in their response. They are not really invited to a group discussion, common knowledge, as you said. But the organization says, oh, look, 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 uh, Glassdoor or whatever McKinsey report says, like, people answer that they love it. So let's continue this. But Yeah, right. Because McKinsey is talking to the people who are doing the coercive control on the organization. Of course. They, 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 they are feeding the rules to them. And, yeah. and, and they, are, they have a vested interest in closing the space. 
into yep. creating the division between the thinkers and doers. And the something that leaders are people who are in top management and, and followers are the people who are there with that. That is just, Man, it's you, just, it's, it's toxic. It's harmful. It creates trauma yeah, yeah. for all working humans. And I remember, I remember one of my first VP I sit with uh, back in 1998 when I was this little scrum master of one team. He told, um, well, whatever he or she told me, because I don't want to, um, you know what, we, 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 we do, we do these kind of things in our organization, uh, AF, because we want people to be distracted and occupied. So then they are not concerned about the way we make money on their back. <laughs> 1998, not that far-fetched. No, and I'm still, no. I'm sure that there's still people today, actually an MBA class, this is what they taught you. And, and, that, and that, think about coercive control hmm. of just, just choose the rule of the, the day that if, oh, we are, we are instilling fear into organizations based on, oh, I do not want to be out of compliance with the DEI rules. And regulations. No, the actual diversity, equity, inclusion. Be damn! I just don't want to have myself drug into court and have to pay money to to be sanctioned. You know, so that's oh man. Ooh. Yeah, but okay. I'll, I'll, we should have ended with a more beautiful thing, but because I have to go, <laughs> it's really late. Yeah, it's a long show. Probably I'll, I'll I'm gonna <laughs> cut. I'm gonna cut. I will leave the live like this, but I'm gonna cut it. But I think there's going to be some kind of nice uh, shorter video. If Anna, you're listening to this, just watch it and see if you could cut some smaller video. But and um, want to bring something positive to the end, or what? No, 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 no. I mean, like uh, just to click clips. I, I'm never editing anything. It's what happened, what happened. But I mean, like I really have to go. It's a time boxing. Actually, I'm 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 fracking late today. Everything is late yeah. for me today. Uh, and uh, so thank you very much for jumping and to have watching. I don't know about the 30 others people. Uh, I didn't see any comment in the chat, so whatever. So there's, there were like 29 ghosts with you <laughs> watching it with popcorn. Um, probably they were they were here for my coming out as a demisexual or I don't know, whatever it is. It's kind of true, but I mean, like I made that up because it's the Pride Month and and even myself as a queer, I don't care about this shit. I don't need to celebrate my difference. I'm just be, and that's it. I, and, and, and as my friend, I love and accept you as who you are, however you define yourself into the world of. Yeah, but that's the of, thing. Of a gift. That's the that's the key thing. Stop defining yourself, guys. Just be. Mm-hmm. Know who you really are, and you are wonderful. You are beautiful. And you are powerful to be whoever you want it to be and to do whatever you want it to do, but in respect of one another. On that, happy weekend, guys.